Forward of The Swine Gods and Other Visions by Regina Miriam Block. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Ben Tucker. Forward by Israel Zongwil. In introducing Miss Regina Miriam Block to the book public, I am not conscious of temerity, sustained as I am by the knowledge that she has long since gained a circle of private devotees, and that at least one of her lyrics has had praise from Sir Hubert, who is of course the greatest living poet. Whether the judge of the few will be endorsed by the many is a question more important to the publisher than to literature, a lifelong experience of which has left me with the lonely canon that success is no proof of demerit. It is obvious that her talent, whatever its volume, does not run along the main stream of contemporary letters, but eddies in the stiller backwaters. A passion for saga and myth, nourished by an acquaintance with their manifestations in every literature, a devotion to the rare, the exotic word, a joy in colors and fabrics and precious stones, and the mere vocabulary of old romance. These are not frequent traits in our day, when literature is poured out as hastily as it is lapped up. But all these qualities would be merely of academic value were they not vitalized by an original imagination, by an insight into the things of the spirit, and by an ethical elevation which seems less old-fashioned today than before the war. That these qualities are capable of cosmic breadth is shown by the little prose poem, The Strolling Player, which I have induced her to add as an epilogue, rounding off as it does the ravage of the swine gods with the thought of Goethe, if Mr. Edmund Gossi will permit one to quote Goethe, Uber allen gipfin istru. The allegory, apologue, fable, or parable, there are delicate distinctions between them, but for the moment they may be lumped together, is not, though Kipling, the ballad monger, uses it sometimes, a favorite vehicle in English literature today. And this, despite Bunyan, Phineas Fletcher, Mandeville, Dryden, Swift, Addison, and Thompson, and the host of morality plays, not to mention the author of Piers Plowman, to whom we owe the delectable fable of the mice who agreed to bell the cat. But allegory in the shape of the cartoon is more popular than ever, and I see no reason why a Dyson or Raymakers of the pen should not excite as much interest as these artists of the pencil. It is, in whichever medium, the same art of the broad sweep and the large message, and its greater rarity in letters should but enhance its interest. To me, at any rate, it is exciting and exhilarating to see a talent forcing itself through its own channels, regardless of the market, and I cannot resist the suggestion that it is by a curious atavism that the racial spirit of this young Jewess has harked back to the apologues and parables of the Orient. For as everybody knows, this was the favorite method of the wise men who came from the East. Jesus was but following the method of the Old Testament, as it was practiced after him by the rabbis of the Talmud and the Midrash. Philo Judaeus even maintained that much of the Old Testament was allegorical. It was the earliest attempt to reconcile religion and science, or Hebraism and Hellenism. It was through the Jews and Moors of Spain that the habit spread through medieval Europe of teaching philosophy through apologue, a method of which Mandeville's Fable of the Bees is a late English example. 
Possibly it is to the Indian cradle of the author of Kim that is due his apological and allegorical vein, though more probably it arises from his absorption in the Old Testament. Fortunately for Miss Block, her reading of the present, appalling world situation is as little removed as Kipling's from the official correct view. For though she clearly hates war, even Christians may still continue to think it an evil. But I cannot help speculating upon the possible future of allegory, and the revival of parable and fable that may come to pass if the existing censorship remains in force much longer. And authors are driven to writing between the lines instead of upon them. This asphyxiation of thought is one of the many reasons why modern wars must not be long. Even the author of Rule Britannia had, one remembers, a play prohibited. But the fetters have now been extended to every department of letters. That is not the least damnable consequence of the worship and workings of the swine gods. To my readers, these fantasies were written because I was impelled to write them by a voice that cried in my soul, and I submit them with all humility to the great public, knowing that we are all children of God's great republic. I am indebted to Mr. Ralph Shirley of the Occult Review for his kind permission to reprint The New Creation, which first appeared in that journal. The other pieces have not been published hitherto. Regina Miriam Block End of the Foreword <laughs>